We're very honored to welcome our guest today on the Keep Texas Red podcast. She's an award-winning political scientist and former tenure professor at Princeton and Vanderbilt Universities. She's the author and editor of 11 books. She's an expert in critical race theory, American politics, and race relations. So we're very honored to welcome to our Keep Texas Red podcast, Dr. Carol Swain. Thank you. Now, first of all, you know, we... If you go over your background, your accomplishments, your education, you would think that you're a person that came from a very elite or a very privileged background. Was this a case? Uh, It absolutely isn't the case. You could argue that I've joined the elites, but I can tell you that I was one of 12 children born and raised in rural poverty in southwestern Virginia. The early part of my life, we lived in a two-room shack. And I married at 16, had my first child at 17. By the time I was 21, I had um, three small children. And uh, change came to my life. People entered my life uh, and encouraged me. I went and got a high school. I mean, I got a high school equivalency. Then I went to a community college, got the first of five college and university degrees. I graduated uh, uh, with high honors with my bachelor's degree in criminal justice. Uh, magna cum laude. And then I um, ended up getting a PhD in political science. And after I had taught for almost a decade, I went back to school and I got a master's in law from Yale University. Um, I was hired by Princeton University to be a professor. I went there, I got early tenure. And at the in the Ivy League, most people don't get tenure. I got it. My first book won national prizes. I've been cited by the U.S. Supreme Court with my work, and I've won. Uh, I've have I've done very well in academia, but I'm no longer in academia. So, Dr. Carol Swain, at one point in your life, you were a Democrat, or at least you considered yourself to be a Democrat. Can you walk us through the process, or what was that trigger action that made you realize that you were actually a conservative? I like to joke that. Uh, when you're born in the South, that most black people are born black and they're born Democrat. <laughs> and so I was a Democrat for most of my life, uh, well into my 40s. And I've always been a person that uh, questioned things. But it was my Christian conversion in my 40s that led me to gradually lead the Democratic Party. First, I was an independent uh, for, a few, for a few years, but I was voting uh, for Republicans. I left the Democratic Party because it did not represent my values and my principles. I looked at the party platforms. The Democratic Party and the Republican Party, they have platforms, uh, what they stand for, what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, I chose the Republican Party platform because they were closest to me uh, in values when it came to the importance of God, nation, and family. Now, it's a very important thing that you mentioned, you know, at the point where you started taking like your Christian values seriously, that's when you realized you were a conservative. Because a lot of, including right now, do you agree to say that a lot of the values of the Democrat party, a lot of the policies that they're implementing are pretty much anti-biblical, anti-Christian? 
I can say that today's uh, Democratic Party is not even the same Democratic Party that I knew as a child or a young adult or even as I was moving into my middle age. Uh, the Today's Democratic Party has totally been taken over by the progressive left. And we see Marxism, anti-religion, uh, anti-constitution. We see things taking place uh, within today's Democratic Party that many of us thought we'd never see happen in America. Uh, so um, the Democratic Party uh, is in a lot of trouble because I don't believe that the average American agrees with them. I think they represent an extreme wing of progressives, but that the average American out there, um, they may have been a Democrat uh, all of their lives, just like I was, I don't believe they agree with what Democrats are pushing on our children and on our nation. Now, Dr. Swain, you're also an expert on critical race theory. And recently there's been a lot of controversy about this all across the country. A lot of parents are for it. A lot of people are against it. And I usually think that the parents that are probably in favor of it may not understand what exactly critical race theory is. So can you tell us, what exactly is critical race theory and why is it not healthy to implement it in schools for the children? Well, I have a book that was published uh, last uh, August called Black Eye for America, How Critical Race Theory is Burning Down the House. And on the cover, there's an American uh, flag that's in flames. And the house is America. It's our country. And critical race theory uh, is a worldview that... Um, pretty much argues that white people have stru structured American society in a way that benefits them at the expense of other groups. And it teaches that only white people um, uh, can be racist uh, and that racial and ethnic minorities are, are victims. Uh, and pretty much it's um, rooted in Marxism, cultural Marxism, uh, the white people are supposed to be the oppressors, the minorities are the oppressed, and it was a theory, an, an American theory from the universities that uh, had has seeped down into K-12 education. So it was uh, first at the universities, but now we find it everywhere, including the U.S. military. Now, a lot of the people that promote teachings of critical race theory in schools or including a lot, of, a lot of other movements, they say it's because we have a racial problem in America. Do you think we have a racial problem in America? We certainly have had a racial history in America. Uh, and so that's undeniable. I don't think people deny it because it's part of, you know, our, our country's uh, development. But even with that, there's been tremendous uh, progress. Uh, and if you look back even to slavery, the period of slavery, there were always white abolitionists. There were white people that set up the Underground Railroad. There were white philanthropists that funded the historically black colleges and universities and also K-12 schools uh, for uh, black people. Uh, the story of America uh, is a story of people working together across racial and ethnic lines. And we had a civil rights movement. 
And I would say that that civil rights movement that took place while I was a child opened up enormous opportunities uh, for racial and ethnic minorities. Uh, it, um, we passed a law that says uh, that discrimination against people because of their color, their national origin, their race or their sex or their religion, that that was prohibited. And we passed the Voting Rights Act uh, that removed the barriers that had kept Southern Blacks mostly from being able to vote. We passed an Open Housing Act that uh, prohibited uh, housing discrimination. So it made it possible for people that had the financial means to leave the ghetto, to live anywhere they wanted to live in America. So America is a country that has has always made progress I think we've always tried to do the right thing. And I don't believe America is systemically racist. I was born into a, a time when we did have segregation, but I watched that system collapse. And I watched opportunities open up for people like me. And I'm the product of an America uh, uh, that believed, and and I believed, and it proved to be true, for me that with hard work and with an education that you could overcome the circumstances of your birth. I have lived and experienced the American dream and I was able to take advantage of it because I didn't have anyone lying to me. No one was telling me the lie that because I was black and a female and, uh, and um, poor that I couldn't achieve things, that I couldn't be successful. I didn't have those lies being told to me the way it's being told to young people today. Now, so even though our country has come a long way, you know, in race relations, why do you think there are still so many Hispanics and, and, and Black Americans that are still jumping on the bandwagon to play the victimhood and saying that they're being oppressed? Well, it's because that there are people. I, I would say that the... Uh, uh, the Marxists or the, the those uh, professors and various people that push the CRT uh, worldview, that their message is that if you belong to a particular kind of group, that you're less than, that you're being oppressed by white people and all the problems you have in the world are the result of white people. And I think they have this, this incentivized uh, hard work and the belief that it doesn't matter where you come from, you work hard, you get an education, you can be successful in America. They've even dumbed down the quality of education with the black studies, Hispanic studies, uh, all the gay studies, women's studies, all of these non-rigorous fields that, uh, that are there for students to major in that's not teaching them the skills that they would need to get a really good job. And so um, our society today is working against people's success. So what would be your advice or what would you tell some minorities that feel they're victims? Because you're obviously, you're an American, you're black, you're very successful, very educated, you hold multiple degrees. What would be your advice to them or what would you tell them that are, that are still stuck in that victimhood mentality? Well, I would hope that they would come to a realization that they are being lied to and that, um, they would look around and see that America is still a land of tremendous opportunities. And that's why people are willing to risk their lives to come to live in America. 
and I would hope that um, that people would see that those that are telling them the lies are benefiting from their suffering and that organizations like Black Lives Matter and some of the Democratic Party groups and activists that what they're talking about when they talk about, you know, free school, free this, free that, um, and uh, and when they advance the narrative, you know, that the police are just out there to kill minorities, that they're doing more harm than good, that they really don't care about racial and ethnic minorities, that they're using uh, black people and brown people uh, and, and white people too, because there are many young white people that have believed the progressive lies, uh, they're using them to advance an agenda that will not benefit America will not bring about any type of racial reconciliation and healing. Uh, it'll only bring about a destruction of our nation and our, our way of life. Now, you mentioned a good point. You mentioned some of the white people that are also involved in this movement. Now, some white people, they actually are also going along with this, but there are some white people that are being attacked for being white, which is something they have no control over their skin color. All so white have people no are being attacked for being white. And so even if you're quite progressive, you're so guilt-ridden that you have white skin. Uh, you know, many of them hang their heads in shame. And so um, that's what really unfortunate. What do you say unfortunate. to them? Well, I mean, what I would say to them, uh, if they were Christian, would probably be different from what I would say as secular. Well, no, it's not different. I would say that in America, there are some values and principles that we share as American people. And one is that you don't bully and shame people because of the color of their skin. And that white people have the same rights uh, as black and brown people. And that in our nation, uh, we should see each other as individuals. Uh, as Christians, we believe that we are brothers and sisters in Christ and that uh, there's only one race, the human race. We all are human beings and um and i would tell those white progressives that they uh, don't have to you know to bear the responsibility of what their ancestors may or may not have done uh that um we can't look at the previous generations and try to use uh that as an excuse for what we don't accomplish in this generation each person is responsible for their own behavior. And so I would tell the young whites uh, not to be guilt-ridden um, and to um, not treat minorities as victims. Uh, if they believe that they have white privilege because of the color of their skin and that a brown or black person is disadvantaged because of their skin color, that's a very racist view. That's the view of the left, and that's a lie. And so I would hope that all young people or anyone who's grappling with what to do, that they would seek truth because there is a truth uh, and it can be found. And the truth is that anyone in America, I believe, who works hard, who gets an education and who goes out there uh, uh, without the view that the world is stacked against them can be successful. You know, Dr. Swain, in my, my lectures, I always uh, talk about how Democrats create organizations and they give them deceitful names that almost make you feel guilty for questioning them. Uh, I've always said that Black Lives Matter is one of them. 
because yes. of what the name it sounds if somebody asks you well, how do you feel about black lives matter it they're almost like ready to see your response to label you a, a racist if you don't respond correctly but yet what it's actually doing is not doing much to actually help americans black americans here in the united states so what is your view uh, about black lives matter well black lives matter is a slogan and it's also a true statement Black lives matter the same as white lives and brown lives and and uh, I would say all lives matter. Now I know that according to the political left, that's a racist statement because you can only say black lives matter and all the other lives don't matter. Uh, but I would tell people you need to distinguish the truth statement and the slogan from the organization. And the organization Black Lives Matter was uh, that was founded by trained Marxists uh, has an agenda that has very little to really do do with black people and addressing their problems. If Black Lives Matter, the organization, cared about black people, uh, they would not be um, aggressively seeking to defund the police because crime is highest in black communities and the black on black murder rate is exorbitant. And when you remove police from black communities, what happens is that more black people die and we see that happening. And so if Black Lives Matter valued black lives, they would not be trying to uh, defund the police. If Black Lives Matter cared about black people, they'd be out there um, picketing, picketing the abortion clinics where black babies are killed at a greater rate um, than proportionally than the other are racial groups. Uh, black women, uh, about 12% of the population are getting 37% of the abortions. Uh, there are cities like New York City where, city where more black babies are aborted than are born alive. If Black Lives Matter, the organization would be out there uh, working on all those issues. Now, Dr. Singh, you also have a, a training program called the, uh, the uh, Unity Training Solutions Business. It yes. offers an alternative to diversity, equity, and inclusion training. Tell us about this. How does this work, and how do, what kind of training do you provide? Well, I can tell you that um, it, the, it, the, the, basic, the basic principle is e pluribus unum, out of many, one. And uh, the goal of the training is, first, you know, there's nothing wrong with teaching about or, or educating people about the civil rights movement about America's history. Uh, and so, you know, but this does not have to be um, presented in a way that blames one group or diminishes another group. Um, with with the unity training, we talk about the laws of the land and non-discrimination and equal accommodations. That's the law of the land, which means uh, with non-discrimination, we don't discriminate against any group. Uh, because of their race or ethnicity, and that would include white people. And so the, any kind of training that singles out a particular group or, or, or a particular uh, sex uh, or gender because of uh, their characteristics, that would be discriminatory. And so what we try to do with unity training is to teach those principles and values uh, that um, that contribute to good teammanship. Because if you belong to an organization, the organization has a mission statement. 
you're there for a purpose and it's not you know about your self-fulfillment or about you you getting history lessons every day or about your affinity group how well you feel you're there to further the goal of the organization and so one of our goals is to provide people with the background that they um, might want or need about civil rights laws as it applies to racial groups and uh, uh, males and females, but also uh, how you get the best productivity out of people without marginalizing any of them because of the color of their skin. They're all unique. They all have special talents. Bringing out the talents of the individual so that they can work together as a team so that the organization itself can flourish. So do you offer this training to businesses, to in schools, or how do you get this training out there? Businesses, organizations, uh, sometimes it's HR people that come to us and all the training is confidential in the sense that some of the people that are struggling with uh, DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, as it's being uh, taught today or, or being pushed on organizations, or the, uh, the sensitivity training, um, it's disrupting the workplace. It's creating all kinds of chaos and HR directors don't always know what to do. And so sometimes we um, consult with people and a lot of our training is done anonymously because um, we, we respect the privacy of the organizations. And I, I have not posted them yet, but we will be posting a couple of testimonials from our clients, um, and these will be anonymous because um, what we want to respect the privacy of the people that we have worked with. Now, Dr. Swain, also, um, due to so much divisiveness like with, with government, a lot of people feel there's a lot of racial tensions in America yes, right now. right now. How do you feel, what, what do you feel would be the solution for everybody to come back and be united again? I think that um, organizations like Black Lives Matter, they are, are losing credibility because we see uh, based on the actions of the leaders that the leaders have benefited themselves. They have not benefited Black America. Uh, I think it will take uh, within the communities, white, Black, Hispanic, Asian, various leaders deciding uh, what is best for their communities and uh, and standing up for those things. And in the black community, most black people, regular black people want a police presence. They're the ones that are being harmed by uh, crime. And I think that what it's gonna take is for people to let their voices be heard. The majority of Americans have common sense. The majority of Americans have values and principles. They don't want their children sexualized in school through uh, books. and. Uh, pornography that they're given to kids as young as eight years old through the schools. Uh, they don't want their children to be shamed and bullied because of the color of their skin. They don't want their children uh, to be uh, trained to be victims or, or told that they can't do something because of the color of their skin. Uh, minority parents want their children to be held to high standards. And so I think there's just going to take the people of America to push back. And I think that when it comes to voting, uh, you know, 2022, we're having an election in November. I believe that Americans who are appalled by what we see uh, coming out of the uh, 
uh, Republican administration, the Biden administration, or or, or the, the the Democrats, the new Democratic Party, this left wing ideological party that is a turn a nation apart, that the people who reject that, I think many of them are going to vote Republicans. Republican. Now, I have to say that uh, the Republican Party, you know, it has its own uh, problems, too. It's not a perfect party. There are people that are uh, in the Republican Party that probably should be in the Democratic Party. And uh, I think the voters sh should help them get uh, out of the Republican Party by not voting for them. And so uh, Republicans are closer to me when it comes to the platform and the focus on, you know, God most of the time, nation and family. But many of them have supported uh, the Democratic agenda. They've enabled the Democratic agenda. Uh, they're part of the problem, but they're much better than uh, the Democratic Party because as a whole, most Republicans do stand up for the Constitution. They stand up for the Constitution. They stand up for our families. They stand up for our children. And that's what we need right now in America. So who do you think holds the key to bringing back unity in America? Do you think it's the government? Do you think it's the churches? Do you think it's the people, the politicians? I think it's the individual. I think it is the people. We the people. Uh, you know, we the people. It's, it's our responsibility. And uh, as a Christian, I believe strongly that our Judeo-Christian values and principles are essential and that in the black community, one of the problems is, as we have sent our young people off to college, they have been indoctrinated with left-wing, progressive, you know, Marxist ideals. They have lost the connection with the, with, with the values they were taught in churches. Uh, but within the black community, there's another problem that's even more serious. Many of the black pastors have sold out to the Democratic Party, and they um, preach the social gospel and not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And until the black church has its own revival and its own come to Jesus uh, um, moment, I think that they're going to be ineffective when it comes to leading black people. So within uh, the black population, there will be people that will need to come out of the Democratic Party, but some of them need to come out of those uh, left-wing, progressive black churches and find a church that's very focused on Christian biblical values and principles, because that will be what will turn our nation around. Okay, so Dr. Carl Swain, where can listeners find out more about you? Well, I'm on most of the social media, I'm on Twitter at Carol M. Swain, Facebook, Dr. Carol M. Swain. And my website is bethepeoplenews.com. Uh, sign up for my newsletter. Follow me on social media. Again, I'm on Gitter as well as um, Truth Social. Uh, and I'm very active on social media. And when I'm going to do a television appearance, I will post it so that you know when I'm going to be on. So, Dr. Swain, before we leave, what would be your message to Americans of every race and every political affiliation? What would be your advice to them? I mean, I think our nation is teetering on the uh, edge of a precipice. And that uh, if you love America, 
And if you want to see its people thrive, and if you want to see us have true national sovereignty, then you have to stand up for those things. And um, if you're in a church or if you're in a political party that doesn't represent your values, then you need to make a change. And so I would urge people to make a change. And I would also urge them not to believe the lies of the media because we have a time in America now where the mainstream media has been captured by the progressive government. And uh, anyone who's read George Orwell's 1984 knows without a doubt that we're living in a period of time that seems very Orwellian. Um, and we see that with the Biden administration's Ministry of Truth and all this talk about misinformation. And we know that the misinformation is uh, their way to censor people and to prevent them from learning and finding truth. And so there's an attack in America today on truth. And as Christians, we know that there is truth out there and uh, it promises us that we can know the truth and the truth will set us free. Dr. Carol Swain, it's been an honor speaking with you. Uh, hopefully you can be back on the podcast with us soon. Yes. And thank you so much for being here today. Thank you.